check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Tim and Craig. On this episode, we'll look back at the Fordham victory and we'll look ahead to the Xavier and Yukon matchups, first Big East matchups of the season. Tim, Craig, how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, luckily, uh, I had a scare with my daughter thinking that uh, she had pink eye, but uh, she punched herself in the eye instead. Uh, a much better, uh, much better ending for me. Uh, for outcome I, there. I know. Uh, I I'm probably rough for her. Well, yeah, uh, she's dealing with it. She's a trooper. She uh, she's pretty tough. But I I'm in my last three days of my 90 day policy with the uh, the Turnpike Authority. And if you miss a day in those 90 days, your 90 days starts over again. Oy. Oh, geez. And you can't work from home until you crack those 90 days. We get two days a, a week virtual, which is amazing. Yeah, that's great. But I don't get that until the 90 day, which my 90th day is Christmas. So uh, uh, we're Christmas recording. Count? Yeah, we're you, recording you, on Tuesday, dropping on the game uh, Wednesday before Xavier, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Those three days, I'm done. I'm locked in, certified, 90 days through there. I'm like, I cannot afford for my wife to miss another day of school because she's a teacher and she's pregnant for we're about to have a, a son. Uh, I'm about to have a son, which is very exciting. Um, hopefully a future Saint, hopefully it's a future St. John's point guard. <laughs> uh, I'm only six foot, so I really can't push that far. It's point, point guard. Good nothing. Enough. Point guard. Nothing. That's the, that's the ceiling, unfortunately for, uh, my, uh, my genetics here, <laughs> but, uh, at least a St. John's fan, which would be also just as good. So Craig, yeah. how's your, how's your day going? Uh, my day's, my day's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> my basement was flooded yesterday, not flooded anymore. So that's good. Uh, splash pool. Yeah. No power went out. Not good. Not good. Didn't lose anything though. So that's good. Can't, can't, that's can't play too that's, much. That's what really matters. Yeah. Yep. Started celebrating Christmas this weekend, you know, had some, uh, uh, family parties with other parts of the family we don't see on Christmas. So that's, you know, that was nice. Get the, get the holiday season started. So it was good. How about you, Vincent? You know, same old, same old, Just chugging along, middle of basketball season and uh, finishing finals. So that's what we got. Um, yeah, you know, pretty much an average week. It was only one St. John's game, so it wasn't very. No, you know, not the, the one we had was pretty good, though. Yeah. The one we had was very good. Um, you know, being an MSG and being a, uh, a Molly Whopping, just. Nice it, was clean, Saturday. Uh, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Yeah. It was Saturday. I just felt like it was a long week. You had to wait, wait it out to get to the St. John's game. But we did. We got there. And when we got there, we had a great win, 7-7-55. Yeah. Uh, win over the Fordham Rams. Exactly what we were looking for in, you know, uh, not our Madison Square Garden debut, but, you know, kind of the restart, I guess, of the Madison Square Garden trip. We go from there now we've got a home game i know it's not in the garden but against xavier um yep. so you know we start our kind of home stretch and heading into biggie's play we'll get into so, the, bulk, the bulk of the schedule now right it's yeah. not we have you know next week we have two games this week we have two games 
And then one, then of course we go to Christmas. Then we play we Hofstra. More, but then we get it back into where it's more regular and it's more, you know, really the meat of the schedule. Big East time. Yeah. The most, sure. is, most important time of the year. Good way to start it off for sure. Yeah. Uh, a little so earlier this year, a little earlier this year than last year. What, what, oh, the Big East play. Well, last year we played DePaul. Oh, that's right. We did have the one random. DePaul it was just game. one this year. It's yeah. two. But everybody's two. Because yeah, no, no. It's... Big East, you know, Big East games going on. Uh, well, I, I mean, it made sense last year. Tuesday. DePaul, you look at their uh, their ranking, and you look at her out-of-conference schedule last yeah, year. It fair. made sense why, they're, <laughs> why they were mixing the OOC there. It was funny, because we were the only ones who did that. Like, this year, everybody's now started biggie's play whereas last year was just us who had started early which is kind of weird but anyway uh we'll get into the xavier game and the yukon games which will be next this week excuse me um but anyway let's look back at fordham real quick because it was a dominant game it was a great performance um you know this is you know not to beat a dead horse but this is you know the performance we expect when we play a team like fordham to be completely honest Mm-hmm. Uh, we out rebounded them. We out shot them. Uh, we didn't shoot great from three. Uh, we shot six, okay from three, but not six great. Of, yeah. Six of eighteen is okay. Like I said, it, it was okay. It's okay. Um, it, it's New a York, number you can live with at certain points. Correct. It, it's not living and dying with the three, which is great. Um, which you know had been our problem in previous games. So it's nice to see that we could shoot okay and still win. Uh, but. You, you do like to see that number a little bit higher from this team. Yeah. Uh, Soriano, of course, leading the way, 20 points. Ledlam had a good game, though, 11 points from him. Um, 11 of our 12 players scored, so that's that's a good, you know. That's good. good. to be able to – Good balance. Balance. We talked about that maybe last episode, episode before that before, but, you know, you don't have to be super deep, right? A lot of teams play with seven guys, but when you can get – something off of a bench guy that you don't really expect, uh, you know, it, it puts your team in a better place. The more opportunities and more guys you have who can really lead you, uh, I shouldn't say lead you, but really give you something that's going to put your team in a better place, the better off you are in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, one of our bench guys, uh, Sean Conway got the start. So that yeah. was a little different. Dingle got, uh, came off the bench. And uh, now the rumor is that uh, Naheem Ali may get the start for the that. game against Xavier, which he, you watch Aline this year. He, he's been consistent. He's good on defense. He doesn't take an excessive amount of shots that are unnecessary. He takes shots that are open for him. It's not a bad move. No, I like it. To be honest, I mean, after the Boston College game, look, that was a game we should have won. There needed to be a little bit yes. of a shakeup. There should have been there, and there, there. This Fordham game was a good reaction to that game, right? I mean, the defense that looked not great against Boston College looked much better against Fordham, uh, much more connected. Now, look, Fordham's not as good, for sure, um, but you know they miss a lot of shots. But hold them to twenty five percent from the field. No matter who you're playing, that's that's pretty good, um, mm-hmm. you know. So definitely a better performance there. I think the Conway start was, you know, trying to – Dingle didn't have a great game against Boston College. Uh, um, so, you know, I think he's – you know, Patino wants to give him a message and, you know, that make sure everybody knows, you know, no spot's safe, right? You're, everyone's playing for minutes at all times. So um, Dingle still ended up playing starters minutes, just 
to be clear. Yeah. But um and he should. There wasn't you know, he should. But you know, you gotta make sure you know, you gotta keep everybody you know, on their toes a little bit. So uh, I think it made sense. And I, I like Aline. I think Aline's got a great shot. Um, he, he can hit the three, but not, not even set. Like he can pull up for a three, which is, which is not, not everybody on our team can do that. So and he's a good defender. So I think that would be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm it's not bad. And I would like that. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Every once in a while, a shakeup is good. We get some good news. RJ Lewis coming back from injury. Um, so that'll be a nice addition too when he Weird. does get back. When he, he does get back, he yeah. won't be back yeah. right away. But, but he's heading in the right direction, I should say. You know, cleared for activity. Yeah, he's yep. cleared for activity, so he's gonna That's play. Big. Gonna play soon, ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, which is good. Sh- yeah. Shin splints. You can't. You can't really do much about them. You just kind of roll with it and wait for the shin splints to end, and then you just go, R.J. Louis, please come back to practice. You're good now. And you hope you hope there's no uh, hope it no repercussions back. to it. But yeah, yeah I think going back to what you said, Craig, just about the defense, uh, that was I think the biggest thing, right? And I know it's Fordham, and everyone will say, "Oh, it's just Fordham," but holding anybody to twenty five percent, I know you, you. I'm repeating your point here, but that's a major, major defensive victory. Also, eleven percent from three. Yeah, they only hit two threes in the entire game. True. Yeah. So, you know, our, as bad as our defense has been, you know, this was a bit of a turnaround game. And the hope is that you can build off this heading into, obviously, this two weeks or two game Big East week uh, right. and then into the whole Big East season because, you know, we're going to need it. You know, we, we can't play defense like we played against Boston College and expect to no. win games against teams like UConn, right? No. And, so, and the, the, the amount of open threes this time was very different. Uh, everyone, it, we always have this, uh, this, this problem where we would over rotate and it before, even before Anderson, it was always this over rotation defense that would always put us in a situation where a guy was in the corner by himself. The last game, we didn't have this issue, uh, much better organization on the defensive end. The guys I don't know if they were more vocal with one another or if they were paint, uh, just more aware of the uh, who had who and who had to switch. But the amount of open threes was very limited. And the rebounding was uh, very good as well. So I think we follow that into Xavier. Don't let him get into a, a hot shooting streak. That can help us and then go into UConn as well. So. It, it was it was the kind of defense and rebounding combination that we needed. We certainly hope it uh you know continues. So that was the only game last week. So uh we'll head to our spotlight player of the week. Uh, it's you know not a lot not a lot of uh, sample size I guess, but I think this one's kind of easy. I'll be I, you know at this time I'm going to go first. Uh, when it's easy, I, you go first. Well, you know, listen, I, I haven't voted for. Our our spotlight player of the week, this the guy who's going to win this week before. So let me just uh, be the first to vote for Joel Soriano, who certainly deserves it. 20 points, 10 rebounds. He absolutely dominated this game. And I think he absolutely deserves spotlight player of the week this week. Especially good for him to come out against his old team and, and look good. You know, I'm sure it had to be a little disheartening for Fordham to watch. Uh, you know, it's like watching, uh, you know, your new girlfriend with her new boyfriend. You don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that, but... Um, 
you know, he's a little good. Drive a BMW and you drive a Camry. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, it was good to see, it was good to see him take over the game at certain points and we're, we're, he's just so important to us. Uh, he just, you know, he's, he's the best player on the team by, it's by a wide margin. He's, you know, so when he's out of the game, we're, we need him in the game. We need him scoring as much as possible. So, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's like the big East may have only given him on a roll this year and not given player of the week, but Unanimous spotlight player of the week, Joel Soriano. More important. We we could call Nick in right now and be like, hey, Nick, Joel Soriano. And if he starts to talk about something else, we just hang up on him real quick. Because he has a fever dream. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean, he, he certainly uh, would vote for Joel Soriano. I, I think it's this week. It's clear cut. Yeah. Uh, so Okay. Let's Joel work on that graphic. You're the spotlight player of the week, my guy. Um, But heading into an important week, uh, an extremely important week for us now, uh, as we turn our focus to Big East play. Uh, and a week starts on Wednesday in a home game at Karnaseka Arena against the Xavier Musketeers. Uh, six and five on the year. I have to say they're not exactly, I think, what everyone expected. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into them in a second. Their last game was against Winthrop. They had a, you know, 75 to 59 win. But they've had an up and down season. Uh, you know, they've had good wins, St. Mary's and Cincinnati, both good teams. Uh, but they've lost to the other really good teams they've played. Purdue, Houston, Washington, losses to them. They were picked to finish six in the Big East. So they are supposed to be, a, you know, middle of the Big East, which is not is higher than most people's other conferences. I should say higher than other conferences. But I, yeah, I think they were supposed to be a little bit better. Or I think at least maybe in my mind, I thought they were going to be a little bit better uh, than they've been. They haven't been you know, the Xavier team of old who comes out and is consistently solid. Uh, they have had a bit of flux. They've had a, lot of in, they've had a lot of injuries, to be fair. To yeah, them. I think that's, injuries. that's definitely part of the cause. So it's interesting to see, and I'll, I'll start our conversation off with this. I think this is a must-win game for us, and I know it's hard to say because it's our first Big East game of the year, but I absolutely think this is a must-win game. What do you guys think? 100% with you. It, it's if this goes down as a loss, it puts us in a situation where we're always grasping for straws, I think, because that means we don't want to start 0-2 into Big East play. We don't want to lose to Xavier, lose to UConn. Minimum, we want 1-1. One one. Right. UConn's a lot harder matchup than Xavier, so we need to come in, be a big Xavier, and one of the things that we have seen from Xavier this year, they're inconsistent on defense. They will play Houston, who's a top five team. Only let them score 66, but then follow up with a game where they play Delaware and Delaware scores 87. The Blue Hens, the Blue Hens score 87 <laughs> points on them. But the Cougars only drop 66 on them. Like, who are we going to get? Are we getting Jekyll or are we getting Hyde? That's that's the question on Xavier. Which one's worse, Jekyll or Hyde? <laughs> I want the whatever one is worse. Uh, I would say uh, Hyde. Hyde, right? Hyde, Hyde. Hyde's a crazy one that doesn't understand what defense is. True. And yeah. just wants to score crazy. No, I think that's a good point, too. I think the inconsistency on defense from them uh, is, is obviously helpful for us. You know, Offensively, we've been pretty good. So we can take advantage of that. We have to play well defensively. Um, I think to your 
question, Vincent. Is this a must-win game? I think yes. I think it is. I think, you know, looking at the net rankings, which is kind of what we have now since there's no Big East games, um, Xavier is sixth in the Big East uh, at 63 in the net rankings. We're seventh at 66, right? Uh, Providence right behind at 70. That's the sixth, seventh, eighth best teams in the Big East, according to the net rankings, right? Butler's up there a little bit higher. Uh, they're fifth. So those teams in the middle are, are where the bids are going to lie, right? We know the top three teams are going to get in. The other, and Villanova's probably going to get in. The Villanova, they're, four, they're kind of fourth there. They'll probably get in. Who's going to be five? Who's going to be six? And, you know, God willing, who's going to be seven, right? Um, to win. So against those teams that we're going to be, we're going to be right up against in terms of tournament figuring out. Our, also, our game also, at home, our game at home, we have to win. Have also, to win. Big East tournament seeding. Right? Big East tournament, I mean, it all matters. Extremely important to Big East tournament and seeding. Be, yeah, so I think to your point, because they're we're comparable to them in terms of where we're going to end up, probably. I mean, maybe not, but at least theoretically, where we're at right now. That's why I think it's most win. It's a home game against that team. Yeah, I hundred percent. It's it's this is the the Xavier's a team we're going to be battling with in the end for Big East tournament seed for NCAA tournament yeah. seed feed, hopefully. Uh, you know, so to and, and like you mentioned, Tim, you want to start off ahead of the eight ball, right? You, if you start with a loss, you're automatically starting. You know, they always in, in football, they always talk about getting ahead of the sticks, right? If if you lose game one, knowing you're going to UConn in game two, you're looking at already being behind the sticks by the time you reach the your third Big East game. So you, you're looking to avoid that, and you need to do that with a win on Wednesday against Xavier. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you look at it this way. Do you want to verse a team who has lost to Oakland or a team that has beat UNC and Gonzaga? You want to verse a team who lost to Oakland. Yeah. So we, we have to utilize the time we have there. Be up on Xavier at Karnaseka, which our our record at Karnaseka is fantastic. We got to utilize yeah. that. We need uh, the students there being loud. We need everyone loud on their on their it's, feet when uh, timeouts are called because we're dominating on defense. We need the sound. We need the domination. And it's the simple fact of we lose to Xavier in this game. It's different between being talked about as a two, three, or four seed in the Big East tournament and being a five, six, or seven seed. Yeah, and I think, I think also to you know, also there's something about the narrative. You know, early in the season there was a, a lot of hype with uh, Rick Pitino coming in, and we were on ESPN, and we we're in all these things, and and it's kind of petered out a little bit because we, you know, we we lost to Dayton. We didn't make it to the end of that tournament. And we lose a game to Boston College, right? We we, did, we didn't we lost to Michigan. So a couple of big spots we had, we didn't perform great, frankly, on the national stage. So we need to turn the narrative back around. And there's plenty of time to do that. I mean, there's a world of time to do that. Um and it starts, I think, with Xavier. You know, I mean if you if you win that, if you, the problem is Here's the downside of that, right? The upside you win beat Xavier. No one especially win at UConn. So that game doesn't really matter. It's house money. You win spectacular. If you lose, it does no one expects us to win that game. If you if you lose to Xavier, all of a sudden, first of all, 
St. John's fans are going to start having PTSD to all of the bad years of the past. It's immediate flashback. Immediate flashback. Immediate flashback. And, and I think the media all of a sudden will start question. You know, will start questioning. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now there's you know sharks start swimming around the waters, and, and the narrative will change, and and it won't be positive. So it's that's it's a must win for a lot of reasons, in my opinion. Not only standing wise, I think narrative wise. I just think it's very important. When tomorrow, tonight, at this point, if you listen to this tonight, is an massively important game. I, you know, it is. It's going to be the most important game this season so far. Uh, so we'll see what happens. That game's seven o'clock Wednesday, Fox Sports One. Uh, it is not the only game we play this week, though. We do, as we mentioned, at number five, UConn on Saturday, uh, 8 p.m. That game is on Fox. UConn coming in 10 and one. They play Seton Hall on Wednesday. That'll kick off their Big East play. Before playing us, they are coming off into this week uh, with a win against number 10, Gonzaga. Uh, they also have wins against UNC and Texas. Uh, they do have a nice loss at Lawrence, Kansas. That is their only loss of the season. Uh, like you said, Craig, no one expects us to win this game. This is uh, their number five in the country. And listen, I know we did beat them last year when they were True. top 10, when we weren't supposed to beat them in the stores. Uh, all, my point in saying that is simply, I don't think, I don't think it happens two years in a row. Uh, but Hey, if it does, I'll be all the happier. Um, yeah. but I, I just, you know, <laughs> uh, I think a little bit of payback for beating them in stories last year might be coming our way, although they did beat us in the garden. So, you know, you never know. Yeah. I, I guess we could be, could be, it, it may be nice to fall back into that old trend if we could <laughs> get them in stores, but Except the losing at the garden part, that part was not fun. Yeah. No, 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 but that's well, not what we're, that's not what we're we talking do, about here. We do get to – this is the game where we get to see if Joel Soriano is going to get the nod for either the opportunity to get Big East Player of the Year or first team all Big East because if he takes down Clinton, there we huge, go. That's we, a huge match. Prove our point. For yeah. sure. So just, just we'll give you the the key players. One of them being Donovan Clinigan. He is their big, tall center. Thirteen points a game. Uh, shoots sixty percent, sixty three percent. Excuse me, from the field, uh, mainly because he's so close to the basket, he can just lay it in. Uh, they still have uh, Alex Caravan, who fifteen points a game, six rebounds, fifty four percent from the field. He's their other big man. Uh, so that's what Joel Soriano will have to deal with down low. Uh, they also have two new guards, uh, Tristan Newton, Cam Spencer, uh, 16 points, 15 points, respectively. Uh, they're good shooters. Spencer shoots 49% from the field and 45% from three. And Newton is uh, kind of the, your your point guard, six assists per game. They got a lot of talent, right? They're a very talented team. Uh, but you're 100% right, Tim. This is a big game for Joel. If he wants to be in that category, he's got he's to gotta come out and he's got to have a Fordham-like performance, to be completely honest. Um, because otherwise it's going to be a, yeah, Joel Soriano is great when he doesn't have to play against big guys. And we, we know that that's not true, right? We know he's, you know, he held his own in multiple games last year, uh, against, you know, seven foot guys and, and six eleven guys. And, you know, the guys that are thought to be the best big men that we faced, but like Craig said, part of it is the narrative, you know, if, if, if it becomes well, his first real test against UConn, he came up small. That's a narrative that's hard to kick. So it is a big game for Joel. Uh, but, you know, it, it only to a certain extent, right? He needs to come out. He needs to score. 
He needs to make rebounds. He needs to be able to, you know, have a presence down low. But I don't know how much weight we can give when it's kind of expected to be a loss. I mean, it's tough because you, I mean, you can look to, we all know the defending national champions. Yeah. And like, you know, Klingon or I mean, Klingon, whatever the hell his name is, he's, he was a reserve on that team. So, and now he's just like, that's how good that team was last year, by the way. And they're, yeah. they're good again this year. Um, Like really good. Uh, I mean, I watched some of their, their early season games. They're they're really good. I mean, they are, you know, Rick Pitino even said he, they're like a machine. They're like offensive machine. And they've because they played together and a lot of there's continuity there and there's experience there and they, you know, so I get that. And they're they're just very um, efficient. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough game um, for us for sure. Um, but, you know, big time stage. It'll be, you know, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Um, I believe we're on Fox. Quote me if I'm wrong. Yep, absolutely. I'm on Fox. So big stage, right? So what I would look at for this game is, you know, look, a win would be spectacular. Win certainly changes the narrative to a much, much positive, more positive direction. Um, It changes it astronomically, actually. It puts us back on on the media frenzy that was early in the season. Um, But I think no matter what, we have to – it's got to be close. We can't can't get whopped. We can't get, like – annihilated we have to hold our ground we have to and i think we will i mean I, i'm not saying i don't think we're gonna get you know i hope we're not gonna get annihilated i i mean i think look i think this team is very talented our team is very talented um it's about putting it all together and if anybody can get them together and get them prepared for this game as you know so i have faith i don't know that we'll win but i have faith that we'll avail ourselves well i see for this game the player that beyond Soriano, we always watch Soriano. The player to watch is going to be Ledlam because we all know Soriano's going to have Klingon against him. Klingon's always going to go for the block. Ledlam's a dog down low. I predict he'll at least have five offensive rebounds in this game. And I think his fight for the rebounds creating second chance opportunities is going to be one of the big points of this game. I think it's going to be very close. I, I think with, if we come out with an Xavier win by at least five points, I predict a win at the XL center. Wow, Tim. Yes. Very bold. Yes. Feeling frisky. And then the UConn fans and the UConn AD can stop talking about that New York is their town. Fuck them. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, not really sure about the five point. I like the optimism, but I don't know if that holds true. But I, I, uh, the whole New York thing, I, I think is really just a. I, I, I find it to be a funny joke, uh, to be completely honest. I think when you're from a place like Connecticut and you just so much crave the attention because you are, are so much an afterthought, you need to pull on to something. Uh, and they do that by trying to claim New York as their, as their home because I mean, they just, you're, you're a drive through state because Let, no be one serious. cares about Connecticut. <laughs> the other piece I want to talk about in this game is, you know, because of how good UConn is an offense, our, this is going to be the biggest test our defense has. Absolutely. And, and we'll oh, see, yeah. we will see how 
much progress we've made on defense or how much progress we haven't made on defense. It'll all come to bear against UConn because they're gonna they're going to pick apart any little thing we have wrong. So that's what in terms of preparation, that's that's the thing I'm interested to see and how the defense does because that's really going to be the turning point in my opinion. Um, uh, how well the defense plays. You know, I think we'll score. I think that's fine. I think the defense is important. And the other thing, I think, I think Nahima Lean has a has a day. Well, he's, he's it's comeback game, right? It's yeah, I could see comeback. it. So, uh, I could see that. That would be nice for him. I could see him being in the starting lineup for that game, like we talked about. Yeah, certainly yeah, makes he, sense. He Good gets his him. ring, and then he uh rings their bells. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, good, 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 uh, Christmas tie in there, Tim. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think a hundred percent and coming off the Fordham performance, you go, okay, I think this team can play defense. Let's just hope they can put it together <laughs> against a high powered offense. Much different between Fordham and you. <laughs> it, it is it's just a little bit. It's the only, it's the only time we can look and say, no, okay, I mean, this, is the, this is the defensive style that works best for us. Yeah. So it's, it's got to be the defense we implement. Uh, whether it works or not, we'll find out. But it's going to be a game. Hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully it's a game that goes in our favor. Uh, Wednesday we're going to win, so I'm, I'm, I'm going with that. Uh, listen, I, like, like Tim, what happens, said, we, what happens if we win by four against Xavier? <laughs> that like a, we're going to lose on a buzzer beater? That's or? it. No, you're out. He's who, knows, five. who knows that point? Has to know. be five. Has to be five. Has, has to be five. It's plus – it's plus four and a half. The line is plus you four gotta, and a half. Have five. Okay. If we come out of the week one and one, I'll be I happy think, with that. I think it's a success. It's a net positive. I'd be happy. I would have. We, we, okay. I'd be okay with that result. Let me tell you, it'll certainly ruin Christmas if we go zero and two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll certainly make Christmas a little bit not as that has. Although, success. if we go two and zero, it'll make Christmas very. Exciting. Oh, all right. That would that would be something. All right, so one other thing, and I, I think I, I disagree with Rick Pitino uh, for, for, for the first time this season. In the press conference following the Fordham game, he was asked following the Dan Hurley post-game press conference in Gonzaga where he said Dan Hurley made a comment about Gonzaga possibly you know, joining the Big East. Uh, Rick Pitino was asked about it. And when asked about it, uh, I have to read you the quote because it is a little confusing, but so he said, 100% no. I don't feel like getting on a plane for five or six hours. Tell Dan Hurley he can join their conference. But if they want to join for basketball only, hey, let's do it. All right. So I, I disagree. I think adding Gonzaga would be great. I know people care about geography and names, and I think that's stupid. Uh, geography and names no longer matter in college sports. So Gonzaga being the Big East is not an issue. Uh, I understand the constraint, the issues it has with other sports. Uh, but adding them as basketball only would be absolutely spectacular. Rick Pitino saying 100% no and then saying, but we could also just add them basketball only. I don't get it. I think it was a one of those situations where you start talking about something and then the money hits your head again. You go, oh, shit, I forgot about that. I think he was talking about it. He goes, I don't want to do a five or six-hour flight. And then you remembered how much money the upcoming contract for the Big East basketball schedule could be. And thought about it again. It goes, hey, only basketball though. We don't want to have the soccer team have to fly out five six hours. I care about them too. I think you thought it was a soccer coach for a second. And a yeah. momentary lapse. You thought it was like, wait a second. Would I have to do this? No, I agree with you. I think I think Gonzaga would be a good ad. 
they're fit the profile in terms of everything besides geography. Um, and the contract stuff. And we need to stay relevant, you know, ever shifting landscapes, uh, the big East, especially with the new potential NCAA one, a two, a model that they're floating out there. The NCAA floated out. For yeah. Terrible for us, by the way. Um, we have Crush to stay relevant. You have it. We have to stay relevant. I mean, we have to, if they're going to do that, we need to make sure we, for basketball purposes, if the rest, if the big conferences decide to screw over the little conferences, we need to part of make sure that yeah. the biggest is part of the big conference screwing over the little conference and not the other way around. So we're fine if that's the case. Yeah. It's only the other way. If it's yeah. So if adding a Zaga helps them because it helps bring up, you know, our media rights deal and all that good stuff, then by all means, get on a plane and we'll yep. figure it out. Get Gonzaga and then wait two years for the ACC to implode and then steal Duke and UNC. I mean, that that's, would be that's the plan. The, 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 scenario. the ACC may be, be doomed a bit more sooner than that, to be honest. I don't know how long, how much longer they last. Um, but I don't know. It'd be fun to watch. Realignment's always an interesting topic because, you know, North Carolina, Duke, where I mean, you, you would assume the Big Ten would go after the, at least UNC. They would have um, done it by now. They, they know no, no one's touched the ACC schools because of their media rights contract. So, um, so it's it's just true. Florida State has now, after getting snubbed in the playoffs, decided that they might be out out of the yes. ACC. Florida State, yeah, I mean the, the the payout though for Florida State is so it's massive, massive. Yeah, but I don't, I don't look. There's going to be two conferences that matter in college football. They didn't Maybe make three. it because they're in the ACC. Right, they're undefeated. Oh, they didn't make the playoff because they're in the ACC. I don't. Disagree. What What else could they do except leave the conference? I get yeah. it. I mean, they're going to ignore that Alabama is trying to flip flop on quarterbacks the whole season. But yeah, I mean, I just think it, you know it's interesting, you know, because it's very football driven, obviously, and then it's but there's a basketball implication always, and it, because we're so basketball centric, you know, if we can be strategic in terms of picking teams off from the ACC if they end up imploding, that would be great. Um, the other team I would think we should add in terms of is Dayton. That's the only other lower level team I would grab. We should have they, have a, they have good facilities. Absolutely. They have good fan base. They've yeah. been good generally for a long time. That would be the only one. I know people talk about St. Louis. So I, that that doesn't do it for me. They don't. They well, don't it was like uh, kind of like Wichita State, how they've fallen off. Yeah, Wichita State would have been a good ad. Would have been a good ad by not would've adding them. They, they we we basically let them go into relevance. Yeah. But which is what we did. To, which by the way, what we did to UConn the first time, just for everyone to We should have kept doing to UConn, by the way. Yeah, and they're still right. paying Kevin Ollie. Kevin Willard, by the way, absolutely had that correct. The only so. guy who voted not to let UConn back in. UConn Kevin only Willard. got propped up because they're back in the Big East. Let's, and let's, we should never have let them Let's back Let's be honest about that. But UConn's... Dayton is good. You add Dayton, by the way, you get the first four money. So yeah. more money, more money, more money. All righty. We'll see. That'll do it. That'll do it for this episode. For Tim and Craig, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.